Selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Ah, yes. Every day at 9 p.m. 9 a.m. Actually, not 9 9 p.m. That'd be quite something, wouldn't it? Hell yeah. (laughs) All night long, baby. (laughs) Every day at 9 a.m., what we do, Jared puts mundane, mediocre questions he thinks of online. You know, I like when Vince introduces this a lot better for some. You do the rest. You create magical responses. Zach Larson here to take us through social studies. Take it away, Zach. Yeah, let's start off with the Cardinals. They put up a professional loss, like you mentioned, Dan, earlier today. This is a team that has a bunch of young players, including a group of rookies that have looked bright so far this season. Obviously, on Sunday, Trey McBride scored his first touchdown. Myjay Sanders and Cameron Thompson, or Thomas, they have applied pressure in the pass rush for the parts of the season. And even Keontae Ingram had sparks earlier this year. There is some hope with these guys. A rookie class we thought we were getting absolutely nothing out of. Exactly. The last few games showing some promise. Exactly. So, our question, a poll question, out of these four, McBride, Sanders, Ingram, and Thomas, which rookie draft pick are you the most optimistic about? I'm going to vote just because uh, where he was taken. I'm going to vote Trey McBride because he was a second-round pick. He was their first player taken in the draft because they traded their first overall pick. Uh, He could have been Tyler Linderbaum. He could have been any number of guys that would have helped this team probably more. For him to kind of surge a little bit at the end of the season is reassuring that, that he might live up to expectations going forward. Well, just to do something different, I really like what I've seen out of Cam Thomas. And and my Jay Sanders, I mean, I'd love to put them both collectively in my answer, but I think Cam Thomas has flashed a little more from a playmaking standpoint. I love the fact that he was you know, under J.J. Watt's wing seemingly all season long, and this we know thanks to the cameras of Hard Knocks. I, I think Cam Thomas can be a guy that, I'm not sure both guys are going to be the two edge rushers of the future with the organization, but I like what Cam Thomas uh, has shown uh, in limited duty this this season and much like Trey McBride as the season has gone south playing time has gone north and they've taken advantage of that and I'm excited to see what he can do in year two well our voters it's a close race between one and two here my Jay Sanders leading the way with 41 percent of the vote 40 percent going with you Dan with Trey McBride 13 percent going with Tim and Cam Thomas and Keontae Ingram in last place with four and a half percent of the Ingram vote. just not getting much of an opportunity to well, did you notice in a critical moment on Sunday, they went with Clement yeah. on that fourth yeah, and one. So that, that tells you a little something, and it's not very good. Yes. How did that go? Not well. Not good. Yeah. Not well. Speaking of not going well, the Suns, they lost Oof. another game. They lost 102-83 to to the New York Knicks. That's now three in a row. 11 losses in the last 15 games. This team reeling after a strong start to the season. We mentioned before the roster numerous times. There's issues with depth and inconsistency of one DeAndre Ayton as well. We haven't had a clear-cut answer as to what is wrong with this team. There's just so much going on. So we ask, what concerns you the most about the Suns right now? Um, yeah, listen, I'm very, very put off by how soft they are as a basketball team, but I think the bigger concern for me is when you take Devin Booker out of this group, what exactly do you have? DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges, they may have reached their ceilings. And Chris Paul is is getting old. 
Well, and, and so all of that does not add up well. Well, I, I was going to say, uh, Bridges and Aiton can maybe flourish better when, when Devin Booker and Cam Johnson are on the court. They're just obviously better suited to be third and fourth option guys offensively than they are to be one and two options. I mean, that that's painfully obvious. So you, you hope that when Booker and Johnson, Zach, get, get, get back on the court that the Suns will refine some, some winning formulas out there. My biggest concern is they're not going to win enough games between now and the All-Star break to put themselves in a position where they can make a playoff run. I mean, it's a numbers game at this point. They have 22 before the break, 22 after the break. And if they can't play 500 basketball between now and the break, they're going to put themselves in a position where they'll be lucky to stay out of the play play in tournament. And that's if they play 500. I'm not sure they're going to finish 11 and 11 between now and the All-Star break. That's a big concern right now. They got to find a way to cobble together some victories until the reinforcements, the cavalry can come riding back in to help this team. A lot of our listeners touching on some of the points you guys brought up. Butch says no sense of urgency with making personnel changes to fill huge talent holes. Chris says everything, but let's be honest with ourselves, this team wasn't going to win a championship this season. We still have 44 games to go, so I, I'm not going to dash that one just yet. Richard says we're paying $52 million for D.A. and Mikel, and neither one look like they can create their own shots. Uh, Brad mentioned CP3's age and the lack of depth at Power Forward. If Devin Booker isn't playing, this team has zero chance. Uh, Joe says the lack of moves. Desert Dirtbag says this has become a one-man team. And J-Rod says the coach. DA plays like a timid 70-year-old man. Chris Paul is a timid 70-year-old man. And the bench is rivaled by a D1 bench, and there's obvious relational issues on this team. Yeah, the bench is weak, and when you're down three of your top six players, because I'm counting Jay Crowder in that, when the bench is weak from a firepower standpoint offensively, and you're down three of your top six players, Suns are paying for some inactivity in the offseason in terms of bigging in, bringing in a big-time player to help this team. All right, and... Yep. Yeah. Finally, let's wrap up with saying, I don't think we've said it yet, but Happy New Year. We are in 2023, our first show of the new year. Crazy to think of how depressing these teams have been over the past weekend. It feels like the year is just continuing to drag on. We got a new year, new teams. That's the first. That's the question we've got here for the Suns, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, and Coyotes. What should be each of these teams' New Year's resolution? Yeah, for the for the Cardinals, they should resolve to to get serious about winning with a dramatic cultural overhaul from top to bottom. Maybe hiring a team president to serve as the liaison to the owner and then a real general manager with a proven record of drafting and then a head coach with a record of, of holding guys accountable. Sons to, uh, to, to make some moves, to bolster this roster. And the other two, they're, you know, they're just where they're at. All right, I echo the Cardinals and the Suns for Bick. With the Suns, it's good health and a good trade or two to try to at least put themselves in a position where they can make a run in the Western Conference playoffs. For the Coyotes, how about winning the damn lottery for once? Yeah. And getting the generational talent who's available this year coming out of the draft. And for the D-backs... Hey, they just signed Evan Longoria. Wow. <laughs> wow. Is Tony Parker coming? Uh, it's a different one. Isn't it? <laughs> well, some of our responses. Seriously, though, let me let me just yeah. examine that for a second. How about okay, just to fine. keep, what, keep are the, what are the odds mm-hmm. that there would be two famous people at the same time named 
Eva Longoria and Evan Longoria. It's very weird, isn't it? Isn't that strange? It I don't think strange. we appreciated that enough. Okay. Well, clearly you did. I've been wanting to get that off my chest for nearly a decade. A societal now? marvel, Jared. Thank you. Desperate right. housewives. Uh, quickly, some of the responses here. Griffin says the Suns should trade Crowder, Shamit, and a few picks for Kuzma. The cards need to clean house. Seabocker says Suns do something. Cards change everything. D-backs keep building and improving, and Coyotes keep surprising and improving. And Chris says more depth for the Suns, changes in the front office and coaching for the cards, growth from the young D-backs players and building a sustainable culture for the Yotes. Got it. All right. Thank you, Zach. We appreciate it. That has been social studies coming up on the other side. Tim and I are going to turn our attention to the Phoenix Suns who were down 32 points in the second quarter in Madison Square Garden yesterday. To the Knicks. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The local sports leader gets you high school sports coverage from the one and only dean of high school sports in Arizona, Kevin McCabe. Every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on AZ Preps Live, presented by Brooklyn Betting. AZ Preps Live, Saturday morning beginning at 9 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey everybody, Dan Bickley here, and if you want to kick off the new year in style, I'm telling you there's no better way than driving off in the ultimate driving machine and that is why now is a great time to see what Chapman BMW can do for you. And that is because Chapman BMW's got two great locations. I've been telling you about them for years, but it also means they offer the best selection you are going to find in the Valley. And that's in a big that's a big deal because anybody who's been car shopping in the past year, you know it's a zoo out there. Supply chain issues have been very real. It's been very hard to find what you're looking for. But Chapman BMW's also received additional inventory for the holidays, which means they've got more vehicles than they've had in a long, long time. So here's my advice to you. Get on down to Chapman BMW. Take a test drive. See what I've been telling you about. See why there's nothing like the exhilaration of being behind the wheel of a Chapman BMW. And then talk to my guy. His name is Shane O'Hanrahan. He's a great dude. He's a personal friend of mine. He's GM of both locations. He told me the hookup is going to be in full effect for our listeners in 2023. Shop online at ChapmanBMW.com. That's Chapman BMW. Two great locations. One great experience. Gambo here for Collins Comfort Masters. It's 30 degrees, your heat goes out, your pipes are freezing, no worry. Toilet clogged, no hot water, no worry. Spending too much on bottled water, no worry. Can't find your credit card, mm, worry. Hey, Collins can't solve everything. I use Collins Comfort for all my heating, plumbing, and water softener needs. I used to worry about someone coming out and recommending things I really didn't need, but that's not Collins. They come out, we'll do a tune-up and a safety check on your furnish and it only costs $79. That's $20 off. Their safety check gives you peace of mind, helps prevent potential fires and carbon monoxide issues, and can even help you save up to $100 per month on your utility bills. Collins Comfort is who I trust and all the work comes with their no worry guarantee. It's even in their phone number, 480-NO-WORRY. All my listeners should be using Collins. Call 480-NO-WORRY, Collins Comfort, home of the no worry service and Pricing. Moving Team 6 proudly supports and hires veterans. Tim Lee, founder of Moving Team 6. 
Growing up, entrepreneurship was key. That was always the dream, right? The American dream. I guess I instilled that in my boys. Everybody has a talent in some way, shape, or form. We added the moving company, and that's when I wanted them to come on board and let's blow this thing up. My name is Gary Lee. I'm one of the owners at Moving Team 6. I would say my dad taught us, you know, hard work, dedication, and discipline, and never giving up. We try to instill, like, if you have these attributes, you're going to be successful at no matter what you do. I'm JT Lee. I'm owner of Moving Team 6. Too. When I interview guys that come into our office, we want to make you successful. That's why we go after our vets. I heard this ad about moving Team 6. They take care of our vets. That's what we want. Go big. Sky's the limit. That's what I believe. Built on ethics and service. MovingTeam6.com. Your move is our mission. Tune in to Wolf and Luke every Friday morning for NFL five-star games. The biggest games in the NFL this week broken down and predicted by Luke Lipinski and former NFL pro bowler Ron Wolfley. NFL five-star games is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The only way to get through tough times is to go through. That's it. I told the guys that. We're not going off to war. We're not getting a tough diagnosis. It's basketball. And we've done it here before. Our first year, we lost eight in a row. And we finished the season winning eight in a row. So I know it can be done. There has to be a collective belief in our group across the board about how we need to play, but having a belief when we get hit in the mouth that we still have to play that way said it before, I'll say it again. It was only 18 months ago that the Suns were on the brink of an NBA championship. They held a 2-0 game uh, lead on the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Here we are 18 months later and they're on a much different brink. It looks like the Suns... It looks. It feels like a window is closing. It looks like... It was are, only, what, seven months ago they had the best record in the NBA? They have got as many losses now after this loss to the Knicks, 18, as they had all of last year. And that is... That's staggering. It is staggering. And so you wonder what you can do about this basketball team in the short term with Devin Booker being out to the end of January until he's even going to be reevaluated. Yesterday marked the return of campaign and Landry Shamit. It did not mark the return of Cam Johnson. In fact, Monty Williams said he's only now working through non-contact drills, which means Cam Johnson isn't that close. No. And and, and also ahead. with Cam Johnson not getting a contract extension, Cam Johnson's not motivated to come back until he's absolutely right. We asked James Jones about Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. Last week, and there was nothing coming from James. I mean, he may as well have said, what I can tell you is he's alive, and we know his, <laughs> and we know his whereabouts. Uh, right. And that's essentially that's what he it? said. You know, he said he said there were still some hurdles. So, Jamal Crawford. Yes. Oh, sorry. The the, the phone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love James's ability to answer any and all questions mm-hmm. in the manner he sees fit. Um, clearly, the team is not built to win 
or at times even compete without Devin Booker. That in and of itself was a little scary. That wasn't the case last year. The Suns were a little bit of in, in, inactive in the offseason in terms of bringing in another power piece mm-hmm. uh, to, to help this roster. They brought in some supplemental guys that individually can do some nice things, but nobody that really moves the meter in terms of winning basketball games night in uh, and night out. So you don't have Devin Booker. You don't have Cam Johnson. You don't have Jay Crowder or the Jay Crowder piece that you would get for Jay Crowder. You're missing three of your tax top six players and it's they're starting to pay for that now uh, at the checkout counter and it's and it's adding up they're non-competitive many nights Chris Paul is not Chris Paul yet I hope he's going to get to Chris Paul sometime in the next month month and a half because they have got decisions to make now I mean is the window still open do you believe Chris Paul is going to play at an all-star caliber level uh, when he gets back in shape and gets more minutes and gets more rhythm out on the court because as of right now, and what do you, I mean, are you are you ready to start entertaining offers for DeAndre Ayton as well? Like, where, where are you at with mm-hmm. Ayton as as a future piece of this franchise? Yeah. I mean, is he making you a believer in these last four or five weeks, or is he making things worse? Because they were ready to move on from him after last year. Oh, I they know. Just, they just yeah. weren't going to they weren't going to let him walk for nothing, and that's why that's why he's back. So there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. I do believe, though, that that Booker and Cam Johnson will be back and that will obviously make them a better team and if they can swing a big time trade and get like a Kyle Kuzma I do believe they're they're going to be talented enough to to make some noise in the Western Conference playoffs right. but break. but again they're they're going to have to give up something significant to get a Kyle Kuzma and it's 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 at that point where you look at this because listen I'm I'm kind of down on a couple of different things number 1 clearly there is no connectivity or very little connectivity with this basketball team this year the culture is not what it was the camaraderie is not what it was. The belief certainly is not what it was. And the fight, the fight is definitely missing from this basketball team. Bro. In the, They scored 11 points in the first quarter. The Knicks went on a 21 nothing run, and it was a 52-20 to game. The embarrassments are mounting for this basketball team, whether it was game six, game seven against the Mavericks, an earlier game against the Mavericks, um, an earlier game. Who came after the, the Celtics. Mavericks? That blew them out? The Celtics blew them out. Out of the building, the Pelicans took them twice. All this stuff is kind of mounting here, and it's this basketball team is screaming for help and screaming for replacements. And you know, there there have been apologists and people who follow the team who just don't worry. James Jones is playing 4D chess. He don't worry. Help is coming. Okay, you know what? I've been hearing this for months. Well, the danger you have. And, and and before I get into that, let me just say that it's it's a little disappointing now that that at some point we can talk about the bench and the pieces and what mm-hmm. they didn't do in the off season, but at some point it's a little disappointing that Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikel Bridges can't put their team on their shoulders mm-hmm. and win a basketball game or two. You know they've lost three in a row and they've got they've got seven games coming up where they'll be the underdog. Yeah, you know so you got to find a way to win a couple there and that stretch or that losing streak is going to be a ten. Those are the facts. Here's the problem, though, Bick. you got 22 games before the All-Star break, 22 games after. I assume that post-All-Star break, this team will be re-fortified through trades and good health. That Yeah, you might be able to go on a roll and win 17 out of 22. Mm-hmm. I get that. Could happen. And that's where... You know, Suns broadcasters will say, we're good, we're, mm-hmm. and I believe in that. And then maybe you put yourself on a path to make a run in the Western Conference playoffs. What concerns me is the 22 games before the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Because the way they're playing right now, if they can't stay 500 during that stretch, 
They're going to put themselves in a position where even if they go 17 and 5 yeah. post break, yeah. they're still going to be in the play in. Yeah. Like if, if they if they go what would it be 6 and 16 over these next 22, they might be looking at the play in tournament and they're just putting themselves behind I'm, that big old orange basketball size eight ball. I uh I find two there are two things I'm t- real tired of hearing. I'm really tired of hearing Monty Williams talk about how hard it is to swallow this free throw shooting discrepancy that tends to happen on a nightly basis with this team a- and anybody else who continually points to the free throws and officiating as the reasons the Suns are losing. You mean like this? Hey, look, these guys who are um, Randall gets to the free throw line twelve times. That's more than our whole team. You know what I'm saying? So Jalen Brunson gets there 11 times. That's more than our whole team. I mean, that, that's hard to swallow. And that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, well, he knows better. He knows his be- and part of the issue here is the Suns have very little people who attack the paint. Where where is this whole paint to great mentality that we've heard about? Nobody other than campaign attacks the rim. They're the softest offense I have seen in recent years. Nobody wants to be touched. I put it on Twitter the other day. It was just one play, but I thought it illustrates exactly what you're talking about. DeAndre Ayton caught the ball on the on the left block, and the mm-hmm. defender was on his left side. All DeAndre had, Ayton had to do was just a, a, a classic NBA or any level of basketball drop step with his right leg, and he would have been able to lay the ball in or even dunk the ball because he's so big and long. But instead, he spun back to his left and took like a nine-foot jump hook, and he didn't make it. Now, I know D.A. can yeah. make that shot, mm-hmm. and I know he's a finesse guy that likes the face-up jumper and he likes the jump hook. But at some point, you got to impose your will when you're big and strong like that. He's got the skill set to do He's it. He's got the strength to do it. I, it's just, I, I just wonder, and again, I... He ranks 104th in free throw attempts in the NBA. Because you're taking... 104th. Because you're taking jump hooks when the situation dictates that you, drop, that, right. you, that you drop step and power mm-hmm. up. And maybe you get a dunk. Or heck, maybe you get fouled and get a dunk and go to the free throw line. But that that that's just... This, I, I, I think, this is me personally, that... DeAndre Ayton didn't have a whole lot of coaching until he got to Arizona, uh, the University of Arizona. And, and even then. And, and, and even then, Jarrett, but I, I, listen, I like Sean Miller as a coach, but he was there for like six months, right? And he probably had one eye on the NBA the entire I'll say time player, he was there. Player, not a lot of players got better under Sean Miller. Yeah, I would say that's a recurring criticism but of Sean Miller. I think that's fair. I think I, I, it takes a village. And while some of this is on D.A., some of this is. He also didn't play center in college. He played the four. That's yeah. right. No, and he's made that very clear. But he's, it takes <laughs> it, it, right. It takes a village, and I think I think some of that, you know, the Suns coaching staff, and maybe they do pound it into his head, and he won't do it. I'm not there, so I can't mm-hmm. say with great certainty. But I do believe it takes a village, the organization, NDA, to, uh, to to figure out the best way to get to the free throw line and score. And that was one classic example. Just you know, use your size and your power and your strength and your skill to get to the basket instead of taking jump hooks it's, when the. City Situation is right there on the table in front of you, and it just—it's so frustrating watching this team. When you come out, you've got a matinee in Madison Square Garden. You know you've been dropping games. You know you've been dropping in the standings, and to come out with that little fight tells you something very bad about this basketball team. 
And it's the lack of fight. It's the lack of belief. It's I don't know what it is, but it it's 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 an issue. It really is. And you've got a new owner coming in, and this new owner is probably going to be wondering what in the heck what, what is going on here. If they think they can just ho hum it because booking camera out and listen, we 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 can't compete without those guys. So mm-hmm. let's just kind of roll the ball out there and let let the chips fall. They're going to really put they're going to really put themselves in a position where they have to fight severely uphill. To get into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. All right, coming up on the other side, it's Monday after a, oh, it's Tuesday after a very, very busy, sorry about that, very busy sports weekend. We're going to dish out some hardware when we come back. Tim Ring in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, up now on the homepage of ArizonaSports.com, we've got the Sanderson Ford poll question. Today's question revolves around the quarterback position for the Cardinals. One game left for Arizona next week against San Francisco. Who deserves the start on Sunday? Is it Colt McCoy, David Blau, or Trace McSorley? I would give David Blau a half. I'd give Trace McSorley a half and call it a season. Well, the old fourth preseason game gag. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> All right, exactly. That's right. I'd give Blau. I'd give Blau the start for sure. Would I be willing to to give him just a half? I don't know. Let's. Just, I would say, how about we depend okay. on on how that half goes for us before we we, we pull him out. But I, I think Blau has earned the start. To me, he just looks more NFL quarterback than Trace McSorley. He does to my uh, to my layman's eye, if you will, guys. Well, seventy seven percent agree. David Blau should get the start. Colt McCoy in second with 13% of the vote, and Trace McSorley in last with 10%. That's the Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote yourself over on ArizonaSports.com. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Handing out the hardware. All right, normally we give out hardware on a Monday. Today is a Tuesday, but we're also coming out of a weekend full of sports news, full of incredible games across all bunch of different sports. So we figured today is a good day to give out some hardware, and I think I'll begin. And we'll rotate between the four of us, right? There we go. There we go. The Salvation Award I'm giving to a punter. The punter for the Tampa Buccaneers, Jake Camarda, who came up with a heads-up play that might have saved their season. Uh, It was 4th and 10 at the Panthers, 42. There was 40 seconds left. Tampa bounces a snap to this punter. He scooped it up. Panthers are running to sack this dude. He scrambles to his left and gets off a punt on the run that dies like on the two-yard line. Game, set, match. There Tom you Brady's go. in the playoffs. Yeah, and our dream of Brady oh, missing the playoffs God. and the Steve Wilkes yes. renaissance has ended. Yes. There you go. Jerry, what do you got? My first award is the three score and four minutes ago award goes to Lincoln. Riley, who had a three score lead with four minutes to go in the Cotton Bowl and lost Oof. to Tulane, who scored touchdown, safety touchdown. To win a dramatic come-from-behind victory in a choke by USC. Green wave, baby! Green wave, baby. Green wave, baby! <laughs> All right. That, that's that was one. the first time I, I saw a stat. It was like the first time in 1,600 games where a team had given up a 15-point lead that late. And that's one of those games also that sort of gets you excited for the expanded playoff. To see a couple of these teams get a chance 
you know, and okay. what they could do in an expanded playoff. Right. I, feel, I feel you, dog. Good Zach, point. what do you got? Yeah, I'll start. I don't have as creative a title as Jared just had there, but I'm going to go with the Holy Hog Award to the Washington Commanders. <laughs> How much more embarrassing can they get? Now with a mascot, after not having one for 90 years, they go with a pig named Major Tutty, and he was wearing this awful helmet like he was a British infantryman from World War II. It was just not a good look. What is the matter with that organization? Hey, man. Tutty. First of all, you know what I think about that phrase? That phrase, anybody who uses that phrase. Remember I got over Spencer Keatsman yeah, what was, using tutties in an update? I believe we did like our biggest pet peeves in sports shortly after yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and then you drafted Tutty. I did draft Tutty. 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 The Dickie V Better Get a T.O. Baby Award. To not one but two coaches. Kirby Smart who perhaps it'll go down in history as the most perfectly timed, critical timeout in the history of college football that goes on to help Georgia win back-to-back national championships. We talked about it earlier, thwarting the successful Ohio State fake punt, which could have propelled and likely would have propelled the Buckeyes to victory. And then on the other side of the coin, Jimmy Harbaugh, who sat there with three timeouts as the clock... (laughs) His dad goes, what are you doing? His dad was going, what the hell are you doing, son? I trained you better than that. Michigan fans were dismayed. They were stunned as the clock ticked all the way down to damn near zero. Not quite, but still Harbaugh taking all kinds of grief for how he managed those timeouts late in the game. What are you doing, Jim? My final award is not the Shut Up, Jared. It is the What Up, Jared Award, and I'm giving it to Jared Stidham. Oh, my goodness. Comes in for the Las Vegas Raiders and lights up the 49ers defense and is just slinging the football. Uh. Jared Stidham is a free agent after the year, and suddenly people are looking at him going, wait a minute. Is that a franchise quarterback? Oh, man, they're going to fall for it, aren't they? (laughs) This is one of those absolute classic uh, Scott Mitchell. uh, What was Uh the guy guy with... That signed with the the Seattle Matt, before Matt, Russell Wilson. Matt Flynn. Matt, Matt Flynn. Flynn. Mm-hmm. Like these guys. That Matt Castle. These, these two. Yes, Matt Castle. These few game surges, and then they're going to get a big contract from somebody, the Carolina Panthers, or, or somebody's going to give them a big deal, and that'll be that. Uh, my my last award is the oh what sunny days we could have had. Award goes to Sonny Dykes, the head coach of the. Champion contending TCU Horn Frogs, who at one time was the offensive coordinator for three years at the University of Arizona. Wow. Uh, under Mike Stoops, of all people, uh, led an offense that was record setting with the great Rob Gronkowski, Mike Thomas, Billy Tuatama, and uh, moved on to become a head coach at Louisiana Tech and then a bunch of other schools before he got to TCU. But who would have known if he could have been made the heir apparent or something at U of A all those years ago? What would have happened to that program? Fair point. Zach, final award. What you got? Final award. This one, I'm going to give the Bold Man of the Year award to Brian Dable as he leads the New York Giants to their first postseason appearance since 2016 in a beatdown of the Colts, 38-10. to I don't think there's a more loved guy in New York right now than Brian Dable and just happy to see that. So keep on going. Hopefully they go to the Super Bowl. All right, good start. What? what are you a Giants, Giants fan? fan? Not a Giants fan. I just want to see Brian Dable in the Super Bowl. All right. He has done a great job. Well, he does get free tickets. 
<laughs> All right. What do you got, Tim? You got one more? I got one more. All right. It's the At Least You Sold It Stupid Award. <laughs> Goes to the official who was right on the scene to make the call on Tulane's ultimately game-winning touchdown catch. The official is right there. I mean, he's two feet away. And he initially calls it incomplete, which is bad enough. But to make things worse, to signal the call being incomplete, he crouched down and then emphatically slapped the turf three straight times as if to say, I saw it, I'm on it, I got it, that ball hit the turf, baby, it's incomplete. Only to have the replay show (laughs) the ball never came close to hitting the turf. Nothing like conviction, Tim. So he wins the At Least You Sold It Stupid Award. Very good. Well done, fellas. There was one more award that I wanted to get out we didn't have time for. I thought it was ironic. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, uh, Ohio sports wagering in Ohio became legal for the first time on Sunday. You know, place the first bet in Ohio sports wagering. Oh, no, don't tell me. Archie saw. Pete Rose placed the first bet. Yeah, <laughs> like the ceremonial ribbon cutting. Yeah. I mean, I thought Arch, I thought Art Schleister yes. was a pretty good ah, guess. That's not a bad guess. Chili, ribs, pizza. He bet on pizza. The, he bet on the Reds to win the World Series. Of course ribs. he did. <laughs> well, man, what? That can't is make awesome. that stuff up. All right, we'll close out today's program with a little crosstalk. Wolf and Luke are going to join us, talk some Cardinal football. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports league. Ice cream. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, Wolf and Luke, Big Red Monday, Crosstalk. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. Our great pleasure to welcome in Wolf and Luke, who are coming up next. We got a lot of football to talk about, and let's start with the big story out of the NFL last night. I'm really curious to see what went through your mind, Wolf, and you, Luke, as well. The DeVar Hamlin injury was unlike anything we have seen. Yeah, I got to tell you right now, you, you you watch that unfold in real time in front of you, and to see a guy that is going into cardiac arrest on the football field because of a blow that he obviously suffered, um, listen, it's a dangerous game, the game of football, and it is played by people that embrace that danger, and I have to tell you, it's one of the things that I loved Uh, in regard to playing the game of football and every player that has ever played and embraces that kind of physicality goes out there you know what is at stake and what could possibly happen Um, but to see a brother down on the field fighting for his life I have to tell you guys um, I've heard every every analyst on television every radio analyst anybody that I have consumed their content whatsoever in regard to this that played the game nobody has ever seen anything like it and certainly you can count me in that group as well 
stunning to see that happen live. Our prayers are with him 100% in his family and hope that he recovers and makes a full recovery. Yeah, just the, the player's reaction on the field, right? I mean, because I'm sure a lot of people had that game on at a sports bar or whatever. You weren't necessarily listening to it and you see the game stop and you're like, okay, this is like a bad knee injury or something. But when you look up and you see Josh Allen reacting the way he is or Stephon Diggs or any of those other teammates, it, it didn't take long to realize, like, okay, wait, we're seeing something that nobody has witnessed before. And those guys have been playing football their whole lives and yeah. they had that reaction. And you know what? We, we saw this in terms of jarring visuals. What we saw with Tua and the trauma response earlier this season, mm-hmm. that was jarring for a lot of people. What DeMar Hamlin went through, what was so jarring to me, it, it, it wasn't a helmet-to-helmet vicious hit. It wasn't a blindside blitz. It, it wasn't these plays that you can try to legislate out of the game. This was an offensive player going into a defender. Yes. And it, it just showed you how big and strong and fast this game is getting. Yeah. And, and once again, though, um, it, it's so rare. Yeah. It's so rare that you're going to get anything like that actually happening out in the field. Here's the thing that really struck me as well, guys, is when I saw the players consoling each other, I'm talking about Bengals and Bills consoling each other standing on the field how many minutes were left in the first quarter still i you know i mean it was this was the beginning of the game and all of the intensity all of that that and that tenacity all of that passion for the game was still there in this huge game and yet suddenly the human element came alive and was alive and well in this game. Yeah. Where you suddenly, you didn't care about football anymore. You started consoling the same guy. You were trying to knock his teeth out. And that just reminds me that human yeah. beings play this game. Well, and, and Vic, you're right, too, because when the dust settles on, on all this, people are going to look and say, okay, how can you make sure this never happens again, right? And oh, yeah. So with, with the headshots and like the Tua stuff, we've already seen teams be more careful with their quarterbacks yes. coming back from a concussion in the last two months because of the Tua stuff. I, it's just not really anything you can do on that play last night. That's just a kind of a basic football play that went really wrong. Yeah, guys, the uh, the yeah. Hamlin family just released a statement. Now, I'm not going to bury the lead. They did not give an update on his condition, so I want to make that very clear off the top. They did thank the first responders and the people at Cincinnati Medical Center, and they asked everybody to keep tomorrow in their prayers, and we will release updates as soon as we have them. So even though there was no update on the medical condition of, of tomorrow, I thought the fact that, that his family did release a statement, I wanted to get that That's out. That's a good there. update. Yeah, Wolf, I, I did want to get back to you on the, the teammates and, and clearly they were not going to play that football game last night, no matter what the NFL said. My question to you will put, put your put yourself in, in the position of the of the Bills players now. When are you ready to play a football game again the Great way it's question. supposed to be played? Great question. Um, when are you ready? You know what football players, everyone, there, there's an old saying in football, walk through it, walk through it, dude. Walk through it, man. Whatever it is you're going to be faced with, walk through it. And um, 
this is so different, man. It is so different than any other dynamic I have ever seen. I'll I'll go back to the Daryl Stingley when Daryl Stingley was paralyzed yeah. on the feet. Right, I yeah. mean that this is right what there. It's like. Oh yeah, that, yes, that was horrific. Jack Tatum, yep, Jack Tatum, and it was it was absolutely horrific, and it had impact. You go back and you talk to some of the Raiders players, and, and you talk to Daryl Stingley and his teammates as well. It impacted them in that game, but they didn't know what was going on in that game as much as this. You're getting CPR out on the field. Uh, that's something you don't see on a no, football field. No, you don't see the medical staff, your trainers out there, and they're thumping on a guy's heart. Yes, yep. You don't see that, man. And that's why, as soon as I saw the 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 consolation that was going on between the team, I, I was like, "You're not going to play this game. There's no way you're going to finish this game. Walk through it. You're not going to walk through it." You're not going to finish this game. When are the Bills going to be ready to play? I don't know, but I would need some type of information on how DeMar Hamlin is doing. Yes. Something encouraging before I'm going to go out there and play it. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, let's make a hard left turn into the Cardinal game yesterday. There were some good things that came out of that game. Wolf, for a guy who's been imploring this offense to get their quarterback under center and engage the play-action dynamic, we saw it really operated well by this guy that we I didn't expect this from David Blau. Yeah, can I just say, guys, it, 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 please, it doesn't make me right because I've been banging on this for two years at least. Yeah. It doesn't make me yes, right. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. You, you're right it about just, this. You're it right just, about it. it no, right it about does this not. What, I, what I'm saying is, for me right now, um, I loved it personally. I loved it. This was the game in all of its beauty. It was being blended beautifully between the old and the new, and this is what I think a lot of the rest of the National Football League has been doing for a long time, and doggone it to David Blau's credit. Rhymes with cow, as they said. They released David Blau, rhymes with cow. I love the cow offense. Oh my goodness. He moved it down the field. Wow. You have four hours of this you were dealing with, Ben? No way did you just come up with that, yeah. Take a seat, Carlin. No way, but Carlin's going to put that in the kebab on Friday. Uh, I did enjoy it, and it really was cool to see David Blau under center, to see him in the gun, the shotgun, to see him in the pistol, and I also loved and really enjoyed what the Atlanta Falcons were doing with Desmond Ritter. They did the same thing. They yeah. had him under center. I want to see it all. I want to see the football universe expand, not contract, and that also told me that, you know what? Cliff Kingsbury is not an ideologue. He is not. He's not dogmatic. He will do what he needs to do to try to win a game and be competitive. So I give him credit for that. There was no, no. way to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was well, going to see your thoughts. There was no way to watch that that first touchdown to Trey McBride if you've ever even spoken to Wolf for two seconds and not think like, wait a minute, that's the play they don't run with their starting quarterback. <laughs> David Blau wasn't on a team three weeks ago, and he can run it. So what's the problem here? That's a good point.
And Trey really, McBride really suddenly point. looked really good, too. Trey McBride, the last three weeks, he's showing us something. Wolf, real quick, what do you think? No, I love it, man. Um, he's got to be more physical at the point of attack. He's got to continue to develop that part of his game, but doggone it now. I like what I'm seeing from Trey McBride. He played his best NFL game last week. All right, you guys do not have Cliff today. That's right. He's, he's right. I got you. No All right, thanks so much, fellas. We appreciate good it. Stuff, we look guys. forward to listening thanks, to you guys. for the next four hours. That is Wolf and Luke. They are coming up next. All right, on behalf of Bobby Hurley, ASU coach who joined us to talk about that lost Arizona on behalf of Shane Doan, on behalf of Kyle Vandenbosch who joined us to talk about the Cardinals and DeMar Hamlin, on behalf of Tim Ring. Tim, great job as usual. Great job, Tim. Great job. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Danny. I I don't know about you, Ferret. Zach Larson, great job. Yes, I think Sarah's back tomorrow, so Zach, good job filling in. What do you think of that job Jared Carlin's doing, Luke? His microphone's off. Thank (laughs) goodness. I am Dan Bickley. Wolf and Luke next. You're listening to Arizona's Sports, the local sports leader.